what is up? Welcome to Outside Perspective, everybody. I'm your host, Adam Meredith. If this is your first time listening, you're the shit. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. If you are a repeat listener, you are also the shit. Thank you as well. You guys know what the deal is. Twice a week, I'm sitting down with interesting humans from all walks of life just to gain some perspective. So here we go, guys. This episode is brought to you by, you guessed it, my good friends over at Jumbo Superfoods. Go to jumbocbd.com. Check out their full line of products. They have sprays. They have drops. They have uh Bombs. They have a lip balm and a muscle bomb. The muscle bomb is the shit. I use it on my fingers after training jujitsu, and it has been game changing. It makes my hands and my joints and my sore muscles just feel amazing. Um, they have a 100 milligram and a 200 milligram extra strength with menthol, and uh, it's it's the bomb, man. So if you aren't familiar with them, go check them out. They actually post. All of the laboratory results from the testing of their products on their website. All trustworthy companies are going to be sending their products uh, to a third-party laboratory to be tested, so that way you can verify, you know, the purity of what is in the product. And Jumbo Superfoods does this. They send all of their uh, products to a third-party laboratory. They post those results right on the website, and then the customer, which is us, we can then go to the website and we can pull that. Uh, we can pull those results up and see those for ourselves. So, go check that out while you're there, and uh, also pick up some of the muscle bomb or some of the cinnamon spray. The cinnamon is my favorite. It actually comes in both cinnamon and mint, but I love the cinnamon. It's it's fucking amazing. So go check them out, man. So many people are just are just getting benefits from C B D and it's 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 a low hanging fruit. You know, there's there's no reason that uh you can't have these benefits for yourself. Um so go check them out. It's jombocbd.com. Use the code outside at checkout. You'll save 20%. Just a quick recap what CBD might be able to do for you. It can help with sleep. It can help with digestion. It can help with mood regulation. It does aid in inflammation reduction. So just a whole host of things. Uh, one more time, jombocbd.com. Use the code outside at checkout, and you will save 20% off of your entire order. All right, guys, today I sit down with fucking Captain America. Not really. I sit down with, well, basically, shit. He's a handsome son of a bitch. He does jiu-jitsu. He's in the military. He shoots fucking guns. He's just a cool-ass dude. Um, Nick Sanders is who I sit down with. He is a, um, he does physical therapy. He is a black belt in jiu-jitsu. He um, is in the uh, in the guard. He uh, he's just an all-around cool, you know, human being. So I really enjoyed, you know, just sitting down with him and uh, you know talking jiu-jitsu and learning more about his journey. So, without any further rambling from me, please welcome Nick Sanders, ladies and gentlemen. All right, Nick Sanders, 
here we go. Let's do it. Man. So you're like kind of like Captain America, bro. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. Dude, but. you're one handsome son of a bitch. You're, you're doing – so we've been trying to like get together for a little for bit, a right? For a while, yes. And, uh, but you've been, you know, you've been away on different trainings. Yes. So you're in the Guard now? I'm, so I was active duty for four years, mm-hmm. and um, I got out, went to college, all that stuff, and then I got back in. I missed it. Now I'm in the Guard. I've been in the Guard for like, man – Almost eight years now. Yeah, yeah. How do you like the guard? Is it different? It's like, awesome. It's a different, um, probably. Uh, it's like a. It's a different like intensity. I imagine. Than yeah. So like, um, so in the army we say hua. It's like heard, acknowledged, understood. It's like a little. People hate it, but um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I get my hua out one week in a month, and yeah. then I realize like, oh man, the army life is, <laughs> is only good on the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I like it. I, I got done doing some pretty cool stuff. Yeah, dude. So you were gone for like three weeks doing some training. So I was do- I was gone for two weeks. Are you allowed to talk about the training? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm just so it. interested in. Yeah, it. yeah. So I, I was gone for two weeks uh, for Pathfinder School. Okay. Came home for a couple weeks and then was gone for another three at uh, Advanced Leaders Course. Right. So so Pathfinders like that's supposed to be like a really tough school right it's like super tough yeah it's like toughest army school i've ever been to is it kind of like um what is that school i know there's a school what is it uh, is it like seer seer yeah so pathfinder um where like they don't feed you that's the only that's the where i'm getting to like do they feed you yeah yeah no no so so (laughs) yeah seer is tough like yeah uh, they have different phases of that too yeah so yeah they don't like um they have the phase one for pilots and things like that Mm -hmm. and then you when you get into special operations. Yeah, like, I know that's more, like, special operational. Yeah. So I just didn't know, because you, I mean, it was a pretty tough school from yeah. what I, like, what it's, you were so talking about. So it's a lot, it's like, mentally tough. Okay. So, um, so in Pathfinder, so Pathfinder companies, I'll give you a little history lesson on it. Yeah, dude, so, tell me about it. Like, what's it about? All right, so back in World War Two, paratroopers was an experimental thing. Like, they, mm-hmm. like, Germany had kind of initiated it, took some heavy casualties in, on the Battle of Crete, and America was kind of mimicking the German military with that, and they thought about giving it up because they had a couple of bad drops into Africa. Okay. Well, when um, they invaded Italy, they developed these Pathfinder companies, so they kind of – can I cuss on this? Yeah, yeah dude. They, oh, they, it's not – yeah. So, they, so in the military, you got some shitheads who are like in the garrison world, like back in the rear. They are just shitty, but they're like awesome soldiers in the field. Okay. And so they took those guys who were pretty much crazy. <laughs> like, all right, you guys are going to jump in like 30 minutes to an hour before the rest of the unit, uh-huh. small man, like 13-man teams. Okay. And they had these things called Eure- Eureka Beacons, and it would link up to the airplane, hmm. and it would guide them onto the drop zone. And, oh, okay. And then, because before, they're, like, they were all over the place. And yeah. so that's what our job was as a Pathfinder. You jump in before the rest of the battalion or the, the you know, whatever regiment or element that's coming in. Yeah. Behind enemy lines, you're dangling you know and you shoot until you get to the ground right and then you set up these beacons and then and you you're setting it. up the lz yep Damn. so that's what it started as and then in vietnam it became like you go in before everybody else set up helicopter landing zones yeah and uh and so that's what kind of created came into now it's uh you do sling load operations so sling load is hooking up stuff underneath the helicopter to carry it off and transport it around okay then you move into hlz's which is helicopter landing zones mm-hmm and then you do drop zones. Do drop zones. Yeah, it's a lot of math and yeah, it's tough. It was Dude, tough. yeah, man. So I um, there was a period where I like I almost went into into the navy to like okay. I wanted to be yes. like a navy seal yeah, and yeah. I was, I was right. going to go in as like an officer, which is one of the hardest damn things you could possibly yes. do. Like in hindsight, if I really wanted to be a navy seal, you might as well just enlist because yeah. they, chances. they have more people with like college degrees and like yeah. it's just such an elite like it amount is. of people. But then I like I got a divorce and I was like, oh man, well do I leave and like try to do this yeah. military thing? Yeah, it's but, always rough. But during that time, like. 
I just went like balls deep and just like all of this military stuff. Yeah. And it's just so fascinating. It is. Like all the things that like um that they do. Just uh so I, I worked with this guy who uh he was in I think Nam. Yeah. And he was a LERP. Okay. Long yeah, range yeah. reconnaissance. Yeah. I don't know what the P stands for. Patrols. Patrols. Okay. But he was telling me about like um and he gave me a book about it, um, like the tunnel rats. Yeah. During that time. Yeah. Just the, the things crazy. yeah, dude, just the things that crazy people do during war. For like it, it takes a special type of human for to real. you know, to you know, die, uh, to jump behind enemy lines. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean, and set up these zones yeah. and to like Go in into tunnels and fight people. And like, tunnels, no thanks, man. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that either. Yeah. It took like a small person. They, yeah. I think, they only had like a knife and a handgun. Yeah, there was a flashlight and a, and a forty-five. Yeah, yeah. dude, yeah, it was wild. It's just crazy just to uh to like learn about like all the history, like all the military history. Yeah. It's kind of relevant. We're talking about it's Fourth of July week. Yeah, hey man, yeah, America. I, <laughs> I love the outfit, dude. Yeah, dude, <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually do like I'm a, a scout sniper, so like I, my job besides the Pathfinder operations is yeah. that we like insert behind enemy lines and then set up hide sites and recon the enemy. Uh-huh. And you're in small man, like three, four man teams. And, uh, I mean, if you get caught, you're in some serious shit. Yeah, dude. Like, how do you mentally prepare for, Man, like, you, that kind of stuff? You just don't stuff. think about getting caught. Like, you, you, have, a, you have a plan. Right? You have a plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have a plan for it. But then, like, you think, okay, like, mission success. We're going to go in. We're not going to get caught. We're going to, like, fucking hide out. Yeah. But, yeah, it's scary. It's a scary thought. Yeah, dude. But, I mean, it's just one of those things. Yeah. I mean, you just, you just do what you got to do. It's, yeah. part, it's part of the job. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah. Dude, so, um, so what's the training like to be a sniper? So for Bravo Four, I am not Bravo Four. I'm just a scout, uh-huh. but the, the snipers are attached to us. So right, yeah, um, units, right? It's two man teams. So they have three man teams on the sniper section. Okay. So like I'm a section sergeant for the um, <clears throat> the scouts. Yeah. So I'm <clears throat> excuse me. I'm the uh, squad leader, quote unquote, and then I have a team leader. So I have my guys. I could break them up, and we can do a little you know recon, and then we can have sniper teams attached to us. And yeah. so their job is like target reduction. Um, you know, if we have to take it HVT out or anything like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Man, man. But yeah, that's training's some, tough. That's some cool shit though. Yeah. So do you, do you find like a challenge, um, like physically, like balancing, balancing, um, like the training with the military and like your jujitsu career? Because I mean, you're super heavy, like in the jujitsu. Yeah. It's hard to balance, man. Yeah. So like, um, in the military, you know, like, I have to do a lot of ro- rucking, like, walk long distances with the backpack on and running and everything like that. And you don't do that in jiu-jitsu. Right. And, like, jiu-jitsu, I'm on the ground wrestling, and you don't do that in the military. So, like, if I have to train up for military stuff, it kind of takes away from my jiu-jitsu yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. On the flip side, though, like, all of that's hard on your spine. Oh, bro. It sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting, the older I get of the world, I'm like, oh, my God, do I really want to do this army yeah, stuff? Dude, yeah, I think about it all the time. Like, I'll, uh, like we were talking about Rogan a little bit. Like, yeah. he, he'll mention just um, – like the strain it puts on your neck and your back. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like I'm, I guess as I'm getting older and like the more, like I've, since I've stopped doing MMA, I've just dove deeper into jujitsu. Right. And then like the more I roll, like I just, I just feel it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Have you seen those memes of the old people? It's like jujitsu is great for the body. It's this old guy's like John, twenty six. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. it's so true it's though, dude. True, yeah. It fucks my hands oh, up, yeah. dude. Do some more nogi. Like I, yeah. So like right now we're like I train with Kyle and those guys yeah. and, and um 
uh, we have gone into like our nogi season, and my hands feel great. Yeah, yeah, because I play a lot of spider guard, and my my hands are just jacked up. Yeah, dude, I freaking I'll get those uh, those pocket mm-hmm. uh, grips, and I just I hold on to those. Like, yeah, it's it's almost not even hard to hold on to anymore. But like once I get done with the round, like my hands are pretty fucking. Oh yeah, stiff. for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I like I've gotten to the point where I'm like, man, should I do more like Keenan and just like lapel guard yeah it's a little bit easier on the hand it really is so I, i've thought about doing that but i'm not like but then you think about all right if guys smash the hell out of you and it's bad on your spine yeah so it's like it's you know it sucks both ways yeah it does especially when you get those heavy guys that, and you i mean you you yeah. go with all heavy yeah, guys when you, heavy. when you compete right yeah. so it's like yeah man do you you play a lot of guard or I do. Are you well, more of a top guy so like I was I was just at a seminar I taught at um, We Defy at JW's gym. Okay. So I taught it was for disabled veterans. That's so cool. Yeah, I awesome. really like what JW does. He has a very like all inclusive mentality, yes. and yes. Um, you don't see too many places that will have like instructors from other academies right. come in and teach, especially for like grand openings and right. different things. It's pretty right. cool what he does with that. Yeah, Jay's been really like I think he has really propelled the St. Louis jiu-jitsu scene with like Fuji and those events and everything like that. Fuji's huge. Yeah. Yeah. He's done really well with that. And like um like Kyle Kyle Watson he'll bring in guys like he just had his black belt camp mm-hmm. and he brought in like Mark Vives and Matt Layton and John Gutta and a couple other guys from from Chicago area. They come down and they train and so he'll bring in dudes too. So Kyle's really good at that. Um and then, like, I try to have some have some guys in. I yeah. brought in some guys from Ohio to teach. So, like, I, I try, like, in my small little two days a week at Hit Squad. Like, I yeah. try to give them as much information from just not me. So, yeah. You know. So, you're just teaching two days a week right now? Yeah, I teach Tuesday, Thursday, and then Saturday we have our open mat. Okay, Saturday's open yeah. mat. How do you like the Hit Squad? Um, Dude, like, they put new mats down. Yeah, I saw that. Looks great. Uh, you know, it's like the location is, is all right. Yeah. It could be better. You <laughs> it know? could, it could be better. It's a nice building it though is. in the sense, I mean, it's a big space. It's huge. You know, they got locker rooms, yes. they got the weight area. Yeah. yeah big I mat mean, space. Yeah. We have like, you know, like we have, I don't know, like maybe 30 or 40 people signed up for the jujitsu program. That's good. Since I've started, I started about almost a year and a half ago. Yeah. So. Dude, you got a good thing going with your program, dude. Yeah. Um, so you're so active. I don't. I can't really think of too many uh, like black belts in the area that are as active as you. I try to compete. Like my goal is once a month, and then you know other things happen in life. Yeah. So I haven't competed. My last tournament was like March, but I have respect this month. Yeah. And then I got asked to do a super fight for um that sub um submission hunter. Okay. Thing I put you. I yep. tagged you in, mm-hmm. and then um that's in August, and then I'm gonna do pans and uh. On one weekend, then the weekend directly after that, I don't know if you heard about that five-on-five five tournament. Yeah, I'm in that. Awesome, dude. Yeah, so so we're doing that too. Nice. And so and then uh, so that'll take me up to September, and then November. I'm not sure what. And then December, I'll do Nogi Worlds. Yeah. Oh, nice. So yeah. Nice, nice. You're not gonna do Master Worlds. I I thought about it. Um, but I've been training so much in the with Nogi lately. Yeah. I only have one day a week now where I'm training the gi. And yeah. That's at my gym, and so. I don't know, man. I'm master one. I'm next year will be master two. Maybe I'll just wait till the next, the five yeah. minute instead of the six minute wait. <laughs> Dude, those six minutes. I, so I had never actually competed on that level. I did master worlds last year. Yeah, how'd you like it? Um, it was, it was all right. Yeah. Um, it was a different experience. Um, I've actually, so because I've done so much MMA, um, I've always kind of put like jujitsu tournaments on the back burner. Right. So that's actually my first IBJJF experience. Nice, man. So, that's yeah, a big one to do. That's awesome. It was cool. So, I mean, I got like the first, I got, you know, a win the first round and then like I went to the the second round and then um, that guy had a buy and i didn't realize i was only gonna have like 
five minutes between bro, matches. Bro, you should have been like, nah, I'm like this. I'll tell you. I was fucking dying, bro. Yeah, I'll tell you and a secret, dude. <laughs> so <laughs> dude. Here, here's the secret to that. Like, this is a pro level stuff, dude. So they give you like, like, hey, you got five minutes, just leave. Walk away because they gotta call your name three times oh. before they DQ you. Okay. So like you just walk off, make that dude sit and wait for his match. Yeah. Get recovery, then come back. Like All right, I'm here. Like thirty minutes later, because it, it takes them. I think it's like, like I think it's like uh, thirty minutes past the time that you're scheduled to fight is when they can DQ you. Oh. So you have that whole time where you can just kind of chill. Dude, out. I wish I would have knew because yeah. I was just sitting there in the bullpen, like my arms were like blown out. Yeah. And I was like, I'm trying to stretch them out, and I'm like, man, well, lesson learned because I didn't realize I needed to be in that great of shape. Like I'm in pretty good jujitsu shape. Like I feel like I can roll for a while. But like I wasn't in like the competition shape that that you need Especially to be in. Especially at the Master Worlds. Yeah, I didn't. I just I just totally underestimated like the level of shape that you need to be well, in. Well, a lot of those guys are on the gear too, man. Like, uh, oh these yeah. are huge in the jiu-jitsu community. Yeah, yeah that's like, so true. Jiu-jitsu Times just put a a uh, article out about it, and they're talking like, hey, we need to talk about abuse of peds oh yeah well dude i mean yeah there's no regulation on it right Zero. and then we just know in brazil like it's just a big thing it's their culture yeah, yeah like, like uh, beach bodies man yeah yeah i mean so many of those guys i mean since the ufc and you know usada came into play you know yeah. uh you just see all those brazilian fighters deflate you know, a little bit yeah, yeah dude those trt days are gone yeah, i know but uh it's still big in jujitsu it's huge so they only test for the adult Masters, they only test once a year. It's the adult Masters Worlds. And it's only people on the podium. Oh, really? That's the only people they test. Hmm. And I think it's only like one guy on the podium. Like, it's like random. Yeah. Quote, unquote, yeah. random. So they like all the Masters, every Master division, Masters World, they don't test there. Yeah, those dudes are all on something. For sure. Especially once you start getting like some Master 2, 3, 4. I mean, I know like I'm going to take some sort of like testosterone replacement as for I sure, get older. Too. It's Absolutely. just there's nothing wrong with it. For some reason, there's like this stigma that pl that's placed on it. But it's just, I mean, your, your T levels naturally drop. And yep. why would you not do something to start supplementing that for, for your sure. health? Dude, for sure. You know what I mean? Like. I agree. I'm, I mean, I put it down on my to-do list is like TRT appointment. One hundred percent. That's that's one of my things to do. Yeah. So it's like you do want to keep that in mind. Like as you get older, there's going to be some sort of For like sure. testosterone replacement. But some of those dudes like they take it to the next level. Dude, they're, they're, they're not TRT in man. They're, they're yeah. straight roided. They yeah. really are, yeah. dude. So that is something I guess you do want to be concerned with in jujitsu. I mean, and it's not unbeatable. Like right. Like I've beaten guys who are clearly on the gear. Oh yeah. But the thing is, it's just like if you go into it mentally prepared okay like this guy's gonna be hella strong for the first two minutes you know oh like, yeah uh, wait it out a little bit yeah yeah and i the the better my jujitsu technique gets the more i can deal with strength for sure it, it almost nullifies nullifies strength to a certain degree right for sure. and then some some with weight as well right yeah, and that's absolutely. kind of the point of the art mm -hmm. um but i don't think the guys i went against were uh on on the on the juice, oh, yeah? I just got fucking tired. <laughs> <laughs> that happens too. Dude, That's a problem. Yeah, dude, you just gotta be in better shape, man. Man, it's like, like I, I'm really big into the strategy of the of the match, uh -huh. and um, so I like that's one of the things I ask a lot of black belts I train with. It's like, okay, what would you do in this situation? And the biggest thing a lot of guys talk about is, like, if you're in a tournament setting, don't always go for the kill. Like, cause you know, you're going to have a dude next match. If you win this match, yeah. you might have like three more dudes next matches, you know? So it's like, unless it's there kind of get in a position, just ride it out. And yeah. So, and I know that's like a anti jujitsu, but it's, it's kind of like more of a game mentality. Yeah, it's, but yeah. it's, I mean, strategy wins matches. And that's, yeah. that's like a lot of these guys who are winning the worlds and everything. And my, my coach Leo, he told me, he's like, man, the way to win is 
you got to kind of stall a little bit. Yeah. So you got to think you have uh, Masters 1, you have a six-minute match. Keep it on the feet for the first minute. They won't call you for stalling. Then you can pull guard, try for your takedown, whatever. Now they reset the clock. You get 30 seconds before they call you for stalling. <laughs> then you fake something, fake a wrist lock, go for a sweep, or actually get a sweep. You know, yeah. get your points, get your vantage point. Then you got another 30 seconds before they warn you, and then another 30 seconds before they take points from you. Oh. See what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's, yeah. See that? So that's that's the thing, right? I mean, because there is there is like this whole system in place, and there's definitely a way to like game the system yes. to your advantage, yes. right? Yes. Which is probably, I mean, some people would, they're not in favor of game, like of sports jiu-jitsu not. for that reason, yes. right? But, I mean, when you're fucking competing and you're trying to win, dude, I mean, like, yeah. you want to win. Dude, when you're when you're competing against guys, your same skill level, you yeah. have some sort of edge. Like, black belt matches are boring because they're both super tough. Yeah. You know, like. Dude, yeah, they're so good. It's like, it's like the smallest little things. Yes. And if you don't know what you're looking at, then it just looks really boring. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But it's very intense. Yes. Oh, yeah, I mean, like, like yeah, like if you think about, it, look at like Hoffa Mendes and Cabrinha. All those were minus one of their matches was pretty much like an advantage. That yeah. one, they're both like super skilled, the same level. They're really really tough. So it's like you know you can without time limits, without advantages, or without like points. If you just did sub only, you'd be there all day. It'd be boring as shit to watch. Yeah, it would be a long and ass I, day. I love jujitsu, but watching those two guys fight each other, like, thank God 10 minutes is over because yeah. this is boring. But do you think they'd be more aggressive if it was sub only and they didn't have to worry about Because I know, like, for me, sometimes I feel like I'm kind of leaning more towards the sub only scene because I don't have to worry about positions or, like, being out wrestled or, you know what I mean? I like, I like. I mean, I like both. Yeah. I, I like the I like ADCC rules. Mm-hmm. I like IBJJF. I like sub only. Um, Third Coast had a good, they have the good rule set. Mm-hmm. Kasai has a great rule set. I, so, like, I, there's no, like, one great answer. Yeah. I know Josh Hinger, he he did a, a study or whatever. He said there's more submissions with time limits and points than there are with no time limits and sub only. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, he put that out. And um, I guess the reason why is because attaining those positions helps you, you know, if you get a dominant position, you get your points and you're setting up a, a, a submission from a, a advantageous position yeah well in all honesty i mean w- if there's a rule set people are going to game it Absolutely. So, so even in ebi people stall oh, out sure. until they get to Til overtime rounds yep mm-hmm. overtime and then they, they just work those positions yes. you know what i mean that that arm bar exactly. that back so it's just like there's no perfect way no. to do it yeah like uh, you know like this is the thing. Uh, third coast they i don't know if you have you watched them at all no i've heard of them but i haven't watched any of their events yeah so they just had their third one and um pretty recently yeah it um, was like last week i think there's a kid so i i actually got to compete against this young savage named william tackett i heard he's a beast dude yeah. that kid is something else he's i wish i would have too right yeah, he was a blue belt when i competed with him he was only 17 i wish i would have like taken him more serious but he's a beast dude you just it just opened my eyes to like what these what, what fucking next level people are doing man yeah. like this kid he was 17 he's been training since he's eight and then now like he's 18 now purple belt beating black belts and no gi he's a freaking savage yeah but i think he competed at that was my point he did yeah, yeah. He, i think he's I think he won i think he beat his guy pretty handily yeah he's fucking good yeah dude. he's a stud he's really I, good i watch some of the stuff he's but here's the thing though like he's really good at nogi he's a multiple time world champion at nogi but he still hasn't pulled it off at gi you know what i mean so like does that in my mind that almost tells me like gi's harder than nogi or I, does it just depend on the person you know um there like i was listening to another podcast uh from flow grappling and they were talking about like how these purple belts can beat black belts in the no-gi, mm-hmm. but you hardly ever see it in gi. Right. And um, 
I, you know, like as much as they're the same, there's so many differences. So many. Like just a just a grip variation. You know, j- grabbing a hold of pants can stop somebody's barambolo. Where a nogi, you know, you your hands slip right off their ankle or so. Far less control in nogi. Yes, but in nogi you have the scrambles where, you, you know, yeah. like if you're barambolo me or you're doing something crazy to me and you can hold on to me in the gi. In nogi, I could just stiff arm you away and scoot my butt out, and like, oh, I'm I'm safe again. Yeah, it's so much harder to like lock somebody down yeah. into a position in nogi. Yes, I, I I'm like as much as they're the same. I I also think that they are like two different sports. They almost yeah, from the sports st- standpoint, they 100 yeah. percent are. Yeah. Um, I see I see some guys having a harder time going from nogi to gi than the other way around. Yes. Yes. Right. It's because yes. like you're. I mean, if you have a good solid like game then all you're doing is taking away some handles but yes. the jujitsu is still the same yes but it's like if you're wearing no if, if you're doing no gi then you put on a gi and it's you're just like smoked. dude it's just like what yeah. you're in a straight jacket yes you can't fucking move anymore yes like i like you know um this, this is like richie martinez killer in no gi i don't know if he does gi or not but like if you put him in with the hafa mendez in the gi man that'd be a wrap yeah like, like different 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 yeah. totally different but he can nullify a lot of half the stuff in nogi. Yeah. You know, and and he does well in nogi. He smokes a lot of tough dudes. So, yeah, yeah I don't know, man. It's I don't know tough. either. It's just such a di- like. Does that mean you have like less jujitsu knowledge because you don't have these like these like the the knowledge of these grips? You know, that's, you know a, good, I mean? that's a good question. I don't know if it's less jujitsu knowledge. It just might be. It's different. Well, like so so I train primarily mm-hmm. with Kyle Watson, mm-hmm. Josh McKinney. Junior Silva, he's a Brazilian cat that yep. moved uptown, and then Jeff Schulte, mm-hmm. and one of my black belts, Jason Conway, and Jordan um, Dowdy. Dowdy. So those are like my main guys I train with. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I have other people too, but we were just talking yesterday. We had our, our black belt training session, and um, we're like, Jeff was showing this stuff for leg locks and nogi, and I'm like, bro, I'm a white belt. Like, I know how to defend. I'm at the point where I'm defending pretty well, but my leg lock attacks are garbage. Dude, they're, it's, it's tough. Trash. Yeah. yeah, and it's not really a culture around here. No, it's not. It, like they like so that so to my point is like Richie Martinez, he has way more jujitsu knowledge when it comes to nogi stuff. You know, yeah, positioning, grabbing. You know, like just funk rolls or leg locks and like that. So his he has a, a breadth of knowledge there, and a depth of knowledge. Whereas in the gi, you know, like yeah, he might not know as much as me. So I don't know if it's like a lack of knowledge is a different focus it's definitely different focus yeah. um i don't really know one way or the other i i realized so i went to the on it open last year and competed yeah, that's yeah, what, yeah. yeah that's where that's i went awesome. against william and um dude so that was nogi and like that was like my first introduction to like the nogi like world stage dude like there's some fucking savages there on are. that thing there dude. are and then like i just realized it, it opened my eyes i'm like all right well I'm, i've always known about this thing leg locks but we never do them. We hardly And ever. it's almost like this dirty little thing. You know what I mean? People call you dirty if you do leg locks. But it's like, in my mind, that's just fucking jujitsu, dude. It is. Like, either do it or get left behind. Yep. So it's like, whenever I, I, whenever that opened my eyes, like, ever since then for the past year, just, I've, I've, I started off by only focusing on locking down the position. I yep. want to be able to control that position before I can actually, like, do any submissions because it's safer that way, right? Right, right. So, but, like, I've just been focusing on it, dude, like, going inverted, getting in 50-50s, you know. See, ex- you, you probably have more knowledge on that stuff than I do, man. I'm pretty good at, like, working through the positions. I can roll through them, but, like, I don't say, like, I won't say, like, I'm super knowledgeable. Like, 
teaching yeah. uh, us. But if you've been practicing for like a year, dude, that's like more time you spend on than me. I just, awesome. I just, I just realized like I had to. Otherwise, like this is what the jujitsu community is. Right. You know what I mean? And then like I just, I think John Donaher had a really good saying like if you're ignoring the legs, you're ignoring you know fifty percent of jujitsu. So we were just talking about that too, man. But now, but now guys are ignoring fifty percent of the upper body because they're attacking the lower body so much. And that's yeah. So like that's like the catch twenty two of nogi, right? Because they go all legs mm-hmm. and then they just ignore this other half of jujitsu. Yep. It's just like, man, we got to do it all. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, man. Yeah. Leg locks have definitely opened up a lot of the, um, I guess setups and attacks and everything that people were lacking. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, it's definitely a huge thing right now. It's it really is. People are like really focusing on legs. Yeah, I, I hope more people do it here in the Midwest because you see it on the coasts. Yes. You kind of see it in Texas. I mean, you got that Nogi 10th Planet thing going right, on. Right, right. Um, but you don't see it really here. Yeah, you know, like um, it, it, like we have a lot of tough dudes in the St. Louis area. Mm-hmm. But that, that like when I first started jiu-jitsu, dude, like people would get mad at you for leg locking. Yeah, and, they and still that's do. Definitely an, it has definitely an old school mentality. Yeah. Um. I am all about them. Like, man, go for them. Like, they're great. Dude, especially Going. in training. Yeah. Like, I feel like, I mean, safety is always an issue, right? But, like, if you, the earlier you can start getting exposed to these things and, like, start working them into your training, even if it's just, like, locking down position, like, right. not even going for the submission, right. you know what I mean? Like, having that awareness, yes. then, like, the better off you're going to be. Like, yes. once you get to those higher levels, you've already seen it. You've already yep. been working those mechanics. Yep. Yeah, dude. Yes. That's, so, so, like, I teach at my gym. Um, Tuesdays, I teach gi. Thursdays is no gi and Tuesdays, you know, I teach them the IBJJF rule set because that's pretty much what everybody adopted for the gi. But on no gi days, it's the same people, white belts, blue belts, same people. I teach them, you know, heel hooks, defenses and everything like that. I'm like, yeah. all right, you can use this as a no gi, lock the position, give your partner time to tap. If they don't tap, let go and switch to something else. Like, yeah, you, you don't have to, cr- you don't have to blow out a knee. Yeah, dude. Like ego will hurt so many oh people. My God, you know, dude. Oh my goodness. It, yeah. That whole, <laughs> there's no ego in jujitsu is bullshit. Well, jiu-jitsu will, will tame your ego quick. Yeah, yeah. But then once you get good, that ego comes right back. It does, dude. Yeah. It really does. It, it puts me in check every now and then because, like, I'll be going with somebody and, like, I feel like I'll, I'll get lazy or something or I feel like they shouldn't be able to do something to me. Oh, yeah. I'll get submitted or something. I'm just like – I get this immediate, like, flash of rage. <laughs> Like, I just want to. No, it like, shouldn't happen. I want to rip their fucking head yep, off and just yep. like come at them really hard. But then I was like, all right, like I gotta like take a deep breath and just calm the fuck down. And like, all right, well you're being sloppy. I, well, like you're like the majority of people that do jujitsu, but there are the the outliers who are like, come in, have an ego, and like carry that same ego even up until black belt. Yeah, yeah they're, they're probably pretty rare. I feel like those yeah. guys get weeded out. I mean, you have to, as a white know, belt, man. as a white belt, you're like your job is to survive essentially. Yeah, or or maybe they just build that ego, think they're badasses. Or something it could like that. be it. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. We all have our own journey with ego. Yeah, yeah, for real. Yeah. So what got you into jujitsu? I mean, you, you so you're from Ohio, right? No, I'm from St. Louis. Oh, you're from St. Yeah. Louis. Yeah. Okay, but you lived in Ohio I for did, a little yes. bit. Okay, yes. okay. So like, take me through your journey a little bit. Like, you okay. know, when did you get into? Like, were you always an athlete or? Yeah. So I was. Um, I was always an athlete. Uh, I had a bunch of full ride scholarships for soccer. Okay. And then 9/11 happened, and uh, after the attacks, I joined the military. Gave up, you know, soccer, all that stuff. So yeah. I joined the military when I was a senior in high school. Um, went off and joined, fought in Iraq and everything, and got out after four years. And uh, I, I was a recruiter my last year in the army, and I remember watching. Um, 
uh, Forrest Griffin, Stephen Bonner. Yeah, yeah, dude. 2005, I was like, what is this? Dude. I want to do this. Because yeah. I, I, I was always an athlete. I enjoyed, you know, like being in the military, I was infantry. So, you know, you go fight and all that stuff. And so yeah. that's what I did. Yeah, when you're an athlete, like it's, I don't know what it is, but it's just like you learn to to enjoy the process, or at least the mm-hmm. good ones do. And like, it, so like for me, I just went from like, high school sports to just like more of the same with like fighting and right. jujitsu right. and but the military you could easily plug the military oh, in there sure. like there's just so much structure and there's like you know if you do well like it there's an immediate reflection like on like um like uh like how you're promoted yeah within, for sure. you know within mm-hmm. ranks and different things like I, I spent so much time in the uh in the corporate space and you can fucking kill it in the corporate space oh, and man. still not Nothing. make it make it anywhere right yeah. yep. so like in sports and like in the military right like there's like this um like merit-based yeah you know yeah. what i mean you get this this feedback a little yeah. bit quicker yeah for sure so yeah and, and they call us now like they're focusing on uh, tactical athletes yeah so that, that's what they try so you have to be in the military you have to be a jack of all trade you have to be able to knock out, you know, 90 push-ups in two minutes and then a bunch of pull-ups and then go run. Yeah, you know, and then go swim. Sport, or then yeah, go, run like a cross-country runner. Go and, ruck or something. Yeah, yeah. so, like, you have to be able to do everything, a jack-of-all-trades physically. Yeah. So, yeah, so, like, when I got out, I was like, man, I, I saw um, I saw the fights, the UFC fights, and watched the Ultimate Fighter. I was like, dude, this is great. Went to Best Buy and bought the UFC. It was like, 47 through 53 like dvd pack yeah and i watched all those and i, I remember watching matt hughes just crush everybody yeah and dude, i was like dude monster. i gotta learn how to wrestle <laughs> and then i saw bj penn choke out matt hughes and i was like i gotta learn jujitsu bro <laughs> <laughs> this, this fat dude just came in and smoked matt hughes dude and one of the fucking savages of jujitsu yeah. world right like yeah. that's black belt in five years or yeah. was it three and a half or uh, it was four like, it was like three and a half four years four years yeah world champion dude yeah crazy yeah. And so uh, I got out, and uh, at the time, my girlfriend lived in Ohio, mm-hmm. like my ex-girlfriend. And uh, I was like, all right, I'll get out of the military, go move up there, go to school. And I found uh, the Chitwood Brothers Jiu-Jitsu. The who brothers? Chitwood. Okay. Sean and Craig and, um, oh, gosh. And the third one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, he's going to kick my ass for not, like, oh, Sean Craig. Neil Chitwood. Sorry. There we go. Sorry, Neil. It happens. Yeah, he, he's in the military too, man. I'm so sorry. But uh, I do that when I'm like right in front of people. Yeah, like, hey, what's your name? I have terrible memory. But uh, so anyway, they, they have a gym. And at the time, Sean was just a brown belt. And Craig was a purple belt. And Neil was on active duty still. He was a blue belt. And so started training in jiu-jitsu with them. Uh, wanted, I, I, in, in the idea of going to MMA. And then I started just falling in love with jiu-jitsu and it's like, man, I'm just going to do jiu-jitsu. I don't have to get punched in the face. Yeah, it's much better for your brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. And so trained with them, moved back to St. Louis, started training with Hodri Gavagi, mm-hmm. and then um, left his team when I was a brown belt and then uh, joined uh, Leo Pisania. I've yep. been with him for the past six or seven years. Leo's a good guy. Yeah. He came into uh, St. Charles MMA. Like, I trained with him one time. Um, it was, like, the very first St. Charles MMA. Oh, inside it, the... Like, the on Randolph. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, like, the one-room place. And uh, I think he was still fighting MMA at the time. Yeah, he, yeah, I think he was. Yeah, because he doesn't still fight anymore, right? No, he he um, he did a couple of jiu-jitsu tournaments at the beginning of the year. He um, he double-golded, obviously. I mean, he's a beast. He's savage, yeah. Yeah, and so... Uh, but he's... <clears throat> he was in Dubai for, like... 
three years teaching there. Oh, wow. Yeah, came back to the U.S., and I think he's down in, like, Jonesboro, Arkansas right now. Is that now, where he's at now? Teaching autistic kids jujitsu or something. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so. Nice. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. He's all over the place. Sometimes I just yeah. lose track of what he's doing. So you've been you've been under him for six years now, right? S- six, almost seven years. Okay. Yeah. And then, so when did you take over the Hit Squad program? Um, A year and, so less than a year and a half ago. Okay. So, like, um. Jordan Dowdy had messaged me. He and I had trained together at Josh McKinney's gym, you mm-hmm. know, on the open mats, and we rolled and stuff. And he messaged me like, "Hey, man, like, um, we got rid of our jujitsu coach. Do you want to come and teach?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'll come try it out. You know, like, I don't want to do certain things. You know, mm-hmm. like, I don't want to do every day because I have a real job, and um, and I don't want to interfere with my training sessions with Kyle and those guys. And so, <clears throat> um, so I went there." Yeah, like March, I guess, February, March. Okay. And, um, and uh, yeah, just started teaching, and I enjoyed it. And one of my stipulations was I'm not teaching kids' class. <laughs> so, <laughs> so That's a whole different ballgame, yeah, dude. So I, 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 I want to have my sanity. Yeah. yeah. yeah bro, I feel your pain <laughs> for years. And, uh, yeah, they hired me on. I've been there ever since, and we're steadily growing the program. I have some really tough dudes. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, you're definitely growing, dude. Yeah. Um, you had a pretty good turnout at Fuji this yeah. year, Yeah, we right? did. We had pretty good guys. Uh, Man, I think – I think pretty much everybody that came walked away with the medal. Yeah. Yeah, so. yeah, dude. So, I mean, you're fucking, you're definitely growing. Doing it. all right, yeah. Um, yeah, there's something else about kids. Now, I will say, dude, ever Bro. since I started teaching, and teaching kids specifically, it made me realize, like, how much of jujitsu I was just doing, like, unconsciously. Yeah. And, like, not really, like, having a deep understanding of it. Yep. So now I really had to, like, slow it down and, like, understand the why and, like, yes. step by step yes. everything. So it's made my jujitsu a thousand times better teaching these kids. That's what people say. That teaching jujitsu will definitely improve your your jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. Kind of hear that about anything. When you teach it, it yeah. makes you better at it. But sure. yeah, it's 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 really true because as an athlete, you just kind of just like if you have an understanding of how to move your body, mm-hmm. um, which kids don't. So you have to like explain it so simply. <laughs> they um, don't. Yeah, they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, you just you just do things without even thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's um. Yeah, you know, like, uh, and then, but then the, if you do jujitsu long enough, like things just start coming naturally to you, like, like, uh, yeah. you just do them instinctually. And, yeah. and that's the part where like, when you teach, you're like, okay, well, why do I do this? And I find myself with some of the advanced moves, I try to break them down in my head. I'm like, oh man, that's like, that's pretty advanced. Like, that's hard. Yeah. It's going to be hard to teach guys how to do that. And I feel like with some of the advanced movements, you start breaking them down into and stuff like really specific details on hand placement or like foot placement. It's more like, all right, your body does this. And then guys who've been doing it long enough, like, okay, yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then right. I can go and do it. Yeah. Now, do you sometimes feel like some of those advanced movements are just trash? Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? It's just, you know, they're, they're good seminar things yeah. to teach. And, but it's like, the simple shit works. Like, I mean, I'll probably use like the same handful of shit in different, oh, for sure. in different variations, Absolutely. but it's just like, there's not really too much complication no. to it. Like I do, um, like, I think the only thing that's fancy with me is maybe my spider guard. Yeah. And that's it. The rest of it, like I Kimura, everybody from top, like I just to pass or just hold. Mm-hmm. And it's a basic white belt move. And it's like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to use this because it works. Yeah, and, and if you're I'm, efficient at it. Yeah, that's what I do. So is that your go-to? Is the Kimura, or do you have a favorite submission? Um, I find myself in, like, no gi and then – and even gi on top, like, crossbody. I'll do a lot of, like, Kimura, far side Kimura setups, and then um, I'll use that. I think my series is trying to take the back and do, like, an arm and Ezekiel. Yeah. And then 
omoplata <laughs> off my back because I deal with the, the fat boys. And I'm super heavy. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and so, like, yeah, like, I just, uh, I'm like, man, triangles suck with fat guys laying on you. So I just dude, go right tough. to omoplata. Yeah, it's tough for those big dudes, dude. They yeah. just fucking stack you. Yeah. <laughs> I tell all the guys who are, like, my size or bigger, I'm like, bro, I'll teach you how to do the arm bar. And it's going to work against, like, you know, smaller guys or guys who aren't as skilled as you. But when you get guys who are skilled, just as skilled or more skilled as you, and they weigh as much as you or more, yeah, like, bro, dude. you got to you gotta switch off to something else because your spine's going to love you. If, yeah. You know, if you switch omoplata. Yeah, dude. Like, yeah, if you can, like, turn into some sort of shoulder lock. Yes. Or sometimes I'll try to, like, sneak in, like, a cross collar yeah, in there yeah, yeah. and um, turn into some sort of, like, choke. I got a pretty cool <sighs> detail for a cross collar for you um, at the – I'll show it to you after this, but um, at the seminar, Brian Marvin, he and I, were, we've fought each other twice. We're one and one. Super nice dude. He's He was the head of We Defy, the, the people that um, uh, put on seminars to provide uh, training for PTSD combat okay. vets. And that's so cool. he showed me something pretty slick. So it, I'll show uh, it to you after I love it. Yeah. See, that's the beauty of jiu-jitsu, dude. It's like, oh, man, this little thing right here yeah, just changed dude, something. It, I've never seen it ever in the years I've been doing jiu-jitsu. And I will say this, his chokes are tight, oh, tight, tight. It. So I'll show it to you. After Hell this. yeah, dude. That's dope. That's so cool, man. Um, what the fuck was I going to say to you? Ah, I just had something. Yeah, you got all your brain blew up from that, <laughs> you, that choke. Dude, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, dude, that happens so often. I almost have like ADD when it comes to this jujitsu shit because there's just so much to talk about. There is so much. Yes. Um, damn, dude. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what I was going to say to you anymore. Competition. It was something. I had I had a good thought too. It happens, dude. Yeah, it happens. it's all good. It's, it's like good. cannabis in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I can't partake for another few years doing the military stuff. Yeah, no, man. Like it's it's kind of crazy um, because so many like veterans and stuff right. are you know they get help. Oh, for you sure. Know, just off of the the hard prescriptions and different things. The dude, VA and, just approved. I think they approved um, medical marijuana for veterans. That's awesome. With PTSD. Yeah. Like I, I'm a huge proponent for it. Like I'm like man. Please, like, smoke weed, be happy. I think it's great. Unfortunately, I can't do that. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, man. And Well, times are changing, though. I yeah. mean, and you have yeah. a real job, which they're uh, – Yeah, yeah. They're, been, I'm sure they test for that, physical too. physical therapy, if one of my patients gets jacked up, then they'll, <laughs> they'll test my, my uh, urine for – I know, dude, yeah, but THC. times are changing, man. You know, if you – like, I was uh, – I, I think somebody did create this, but if you can, if you can develop a urinalysis test or blood test that um, – can figure out like how soon that person smoked marijuana like within the 24-hour period because right now it's like a 30-day window yeah you know it tests levels and determine on how many picograms whatever it is yeah. of thc in your system they can determine like, when you used it but if you can pinpoint like okay yeah, this guy didn't smoke today like, yeah for an, let's say for instance an industrial accident yeah you know they workers comp or whatever like all right let's test your urine right away to see if you're on drugs yeah so if you can test something like this guy hasn't smoked while he's on his shift, he smoked last night. It's out of the system. Yeah, maybe be a millionaire, dude. If you could, if, if you could pinpoint that down, that would definitely help. It's just such a weird thing, right? Because um, all of these years, it's it's almost been compared equally to like uh, to alcohol. Yeah, in, it's not in, in like in the way that it affects you. It's like all right, well, if you're impaired on alcohol, you're also like impaired on. But it's like there's so many. You can be extremely functional on cannabis for sure. And like I. I mean, I smoke almost on a daily basis, yeah, yeah. and um, I feel like I have no issues, like, doing any sort of, like, 
tasks. Yeah. So like, there's just so much just like variance in there. It's just I don't know. It's it's crazy times, but um, yeah. it's cool to see like the the medical laws are changing yes. so that way people can get access. Especially here in Missouri, man. Yeah, yeah man. The, Do you live in Illinois or Missouri? Missouri. Okay. Yeah. Are you thinking about trying to get your medical card, or is that something that's even like open to you I, because like, you're in the military? I can't. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like not even an option. Not even an option. Oh, yeah. Man. I'll, be, I'll be booted from the army fast. Yeah, dude. Big. Man. But I mean. Yeah, like uh, I thought about like trying to invest in a um, dispensary. That'd be a good move. Yeah, invest in something. Yeah, I mean, shit, man. Even if it's just like hemp for agriculture, because there's um, like I mean, CBD's everywhere, but there's no THC in hemp, and um, it's good for paper and just. it's a clothes weed. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, let's stop t- cutting down these trees and start cutting down some weeds. And, yeah. Yeah. Know. That's one of the unfortunate things about like all the prohibition with it because like hemp specifically, like there's point like three percent THC. Right. Like you can't even really get high off of it. Yep. But it's a it's a it's a textile and like we used to export it and yep. then we've been spending money actually importing it for different things and in Missouri specifically the climate here is like actually perfect, perfect for, for it. growing yeah. it. Yeah. So it just. It would just be so good for the economy. It just blows yeah. me away. Yeah, I, I never, I never understood that. Like, uh, I mean, yeah, I just never, I never understood that shit. Like, it's a Schedule One drug. Like you're saying, it's just as bad as crack cocaine. Yeah, I'm actually silliness. reading this book about all like all the history and stuff on it called Smoke Signals. Yeah, and um, there's been multiple reports from all over the world that will um, test to like how it helps like medically and how yeah. it's not addictive and it's better mm-hmm. than alcohol and all these different things. But uh, like just the governing agencies just don't ever pay attention to the reports. Yeah, it, so, and it's such a big yeah. thing in the jujitsu community uh, too, man. It's That's huge. the thing. It like, is it's huge. huge. Yeah, they have that with that um, high rollers or whatever. Yeah. The, high rollers. Yeah. yeah. Dude, they're out there Give smoking. Give you away weed whenever you win <laughs> instead of money. I did, I've had so many people message me and like, have you seen this? I'm like, of course I saw I'm, it. I'm on the ball. I saw it before you saw it, man. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I remember seeing that and there, they were on the mats. Smoking, smoking yeah. yeah, they smoked before. I think all the winners got like a pound of weed. Yeah. So it's just like it's crazy. I don't know, but times are changing. It's interesting to see just kind of uh, the different options that are being available, and just people kind of like opening their minds to like more holistic options for, for sure. health. For sure, because um, like I'm, I'm a health coach, and um, like being an athlete for so long, I've always just kind of been into like how can I perform my best and right. feel my best because I'm sure there's days where you've gone and trained and if you don't eat well beforehand, oh, you, yeah, you feel immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So it's just like I became very conscious of the things that I put in my body and then like and then it became like things I put on my skin and it's just like just the whole overall like health, you know, yep. conversation. Um, and then so I, I'm really weary about like just putting like I don't even take Tylenol or either. like yeah. that shit's hard on your liver yeah. and your kidneys and it's just not good for you. Yeah. So like anything that's natural, it just blows me away how um, you know it's not an option. Well, and you know a lot of people too, like a lot of people neglect the powers of just sleeping, dude, and rest. That's like my number one question whenever I talk to people. I'm like, so how, how much, much are you sleeping? Mm-hmm. Like, when are you sleeping? What kind of like are you on your phone up until the minute you go to sleep? Right. Are you getting that blue light exposure? Like, right. what are you doing? Yep. Dude, it's it's so important. Sleep is huge, man. Like I could feel it. Like um, if I only get like six hours of sleep because I have other crap going on, I generally like to get like eight to ten. Yeah. If I'm training hard. Mm-hmm. You need it. Yeah, you have to recover. But like, uh, yeah, if I if I get like six or hours or less, 
I definitely feel I get my ass kicked in the gym. Dude, it's yeah. Crazy. It's it's um I can't remember what podcast I was listening to. It was probably Joe Rogan or something. Um he had one of the guys on sleep. Yeah, on sleep there. expert, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have his book actually. It's a kind of a dry book, so I haven't finished I'm sure it. Yet. it is, yeah. <laughs> not a very tantalizing. Well, I'm listening subject. to it. I'm not actually uh reading it. It'd probably be better if I was actually reading it. Yeah. But yeah, I'm maybe. listening to it, the uh, the narrator's kind of I don't know. But either way, so he, he had said that um he's like, you know, everybody thinks like you know, nutrition and um, and exercise are like the pillars, and like sleep is like also like recovery is like also like this third pillar of health. But like he argued, like it's actually the foundation of which these pillars are built. And I actually agree because if you don't get enough rest, then no matter like how good you're eating, or it doesn't matter like how much you're training, you're not getting the most out of those right, things. Right. So like you have to get the rest. Yes. It's just yes. vital. Well, and like if you if you're only sleeping a few hours a night, you know, and your, your metabolism's all jacked up. So even if you're eating healthy, you're putting weight on or you can't keep weight on, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, sleep is super essential. Yeah. Yeah. How do you manage or how do you try to uh, get your sleep in? Like when you're traveling and competing, man. Um, well, well, so what I do, if I'm not traveling with my girlfriend, it's (laughs) different. It's different if she's there, but, um, if, if I'm traveling by myself, like, so I'll travel up the day before and, um, so if it's a Saturday tournament, I'll go up Friday morning usually. I'll try to go early in the day. And I, I stay in my hotel room or wherever for that entire day. Like, I don't do anything. I just chill, watch some TV. I might, like, I might get up and, like, walk on the treadmill if they have one in there just to, like, get some active recovery going in, just to get some blood flow. But I, like, sleep most of the day. Yeah. That's my my, my usual competition prep is then I'm close on weight too, so I'm like trying to sleep so I don't have to eat anything. Right. But um, yeah, like I'll, I'll chill in my hotel room, I'll sleep. The next morning I'll try to sleep in a little bit, and then I get to the tournament like three hours before I compete just to get the energy, you know, yeah. get, get like, okay, hear the people yelling, get bumped up. Watch get some matches. Yeah. And yeah. Yes. Get you in that mindset. Get in that atmosphere, yeah. So you're essentially just like trying not to do anything. I don't do shit. Just sleep. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's a good move. Yeah. That's a good move Keep for my sure. my body nice and recovered. Yeah, man, because uh, that was uh, that's actually probably one of the main reasons I gassed out when I was in Vegas last year. Partying? I wasn't partying. It's just um, one. I try to do it as cheap as possible. Yeah. And um, like, I, I'm weird. Like, I need to get the best sleep. And I was like in an Airbnb, and like, there's just like lights and shit. And yeah, it just wasn't very dark. Yeah. It just wasn't like a good place to be sleeping. Yep. So it's just like, man. And like, I was walking to the event place. I just probably didn't do the best that I could to like manage my energy. How far of a walk was it? It was probably like three quarters of a mile. It wasn't, it wasn't that long of a walk, but I definitely had a couple late nights just like being up late. Like I wasn't drinking or anything like that, but just just staying up late. Just, yeah, just kind of, because they're two hours behind us. Yes. Right. So it's like my body's, I don't know. Yeah. I just did the pans. Uh, Same thing. I did the pans and, uh. Usually, like, I, I thought that we'd compete on uh, Saturday, but they made us compete on Sunday. So, mm. like, threw me off. Yeah. So, that Saturday, my girlfriend and I did all of our touristy th- things that day. And I was walking around, you know, like, doing just doing touristy stuff. And um, I didn't have the best performance. I still meddled, but I was like, it wasn't my best performance. Right. And you can feel that. Yes. Yeah, man. And a lot of it's mental, dude. It is. Yeah, man. Because, like, if you don't mentally want to be there, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, and if you, like, get out. Like, for me, I'm very routine-oriented. So, Mm -hmm. like, if I'm outside of my routine before I compete, like, um, it really does mess with me. Yeah, yeah. So, you're very, like, structured in the way that you kind of approach your your competition. Yeah. Yeah, I can dig it. I can dig it. So, um. Dude, I don't know how much time I have you. I think you said you had an 11 o'clock, 
right? So I don't. Yeah, I mean, I want to be respectful of your time. No, I'm, I'm good for whatever, man. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I like, I keep checking. I was like, fuck, dude. Like, no, no, you're sh- good, dude. Like, I, I mean, I get to make my own schedule. So, I told, I tell my patients usually like between eleven, eleven thirty, or you know, twelve, twelve thirty. I give them that thirty minute window, and she's close to here too. So okay. Like, yeah, All right. Cool. All yeah. right. I was like, dang, man. I was just trying to be respectful. No, no, it's good. Yeah, yeah. Something going on, man. <laughs> it's all good. Um, dude. So. Uh, what so take me so we kind of talked about like your your like your your rest uh-huh. and kind of leading up to prep but like what's do you do you put together like a full camp for your training or so I just train year round just man. train year round yeah so because like, I heard you mention like the nogi season yeah yeah so we just flip flop so like January till June we follow the IBJJF season it's like that's gi okay so um and then the worlds are in June mm-hmm. and then we flip flop it so June to December is nogi, nogi. Yeah. oh okay yeah so I like so, like, I try to, um, I try to just stay in shape year round. You know, I might take some time off, like yeah. vacation time a little bit, but I like, I just. I mean, that's the move. I mean, yeah. there, there's no season to no, the sport. It's year round. It's hard on the body to do it, mm-hmm. but um, I get my rest in there when I can. Yeah. So. Yeah, jujitsu is one of those things though that um, you can almost be lazy and still do it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Can't do that that old guy rolling, but Absolutely. that doesn't keep you in shape for competition. No, it doesn't. You gotta yeah. really push yourself. So I do like, um, so man, I, I actually need to start cutting back on some of my actual training, like uh-uh. sparring wise. But I'll I'll train six days a week and I'll lift twice a week, do some cardio in there. So I try to I try to like keep my myself going because jujitsu, yeah, being a black belt and not when I don't train with my black belts, I train with all lower belts. So it's easy for me to just like lay on you. And get, it, I have to, I have to throw, tell myself. Yeah. If I go against like a lower belt, I have like, I'll let them put me in compromising positions. Nice. Yeah. That'll make you work out. Yeah. yeah sure. like give them my back or something. But I realized like if you're going to let a white belt or somebody like pass your guard and get into side control, you almost have to like not let them know that you're letting them pass your guard. Yeah. Cause they'll just kind of be like, Oh man. Oh man. You <laughs> pa- or they'll get all like, if they pass your guard, they'll get all like, um, paranoid like oh, yeah. what are you doing yeah why yeah. did you let me do yeah. this so it's just like you have to like a little bit of a fight yeah. just a little bit of a fight like shut down one move and then like let them go to that one because if you shut down the second move then they don't have a third to follow. yes true <laughs> that's true like all right now you're mine <laughs> so like i'll let like i'll let them pass my guard but they don't like necessarily know it you know like white belts man i've gotten to the point now where it's like I'm get, I am getting older, and I'm trying to protect myself. So it's like I try to limit my exposure. To yeah, does they roll with them very much anymore? <sighs> Maybe light, like lighter ones. I will, but some of the bigger guys, and it's not their fault. Like you know, I'm I'm gonna be 36 next year. Like in less than I guess about six, seven months, I'll be eight months. I'll be 36 years old. I just turned 35. So I'm like, man, my knees hurt. Yeah. Like my body, I'm a 35 year old, but my body with the military and jujitsu, I'm like a fucking 60 year old. Yeah, dude, it's hard. So it's yeah. like, it do, it, in order for me to continue to train the way I want and compete the way I want, I have to limit my exposure to like crazy people. Yeah. And so. The white belts are spazzes, dude. Bro. Even they, some of the blue belts. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I got to really yeah. pick and choose who I roll with. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I told, I told my, my, one of my guys, Jason Conway, I'm like, hey, man, because he, He's like a hundred. Do you know Jason? That name sounds super familiar. I think if I Buggies. saw him, I probably would know him. Yeah, I'm better at faces. With um, anyway, yeah, he he's 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 like my first black belt. Okay. And um, yeah, like he's like one fifty something, one fifty five, one fifty somewhere in there. He is forty two years old, killer. But the problem is, he like uh, he wants to go with like everybody, and he yeah. feels bad if he doesn't. And I told him, I was like, bro. 
knock that shit off. You can't you can't go with those guys. You gotta worry about your health, dude. Yeah. Like if you want to do this until you're until the day you die, like you need to choose your training partners wisely. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with you being like, hey, bro, I'm only training with, like, these guys today because they're lighter. Like, sorry, maybe I'll get you later. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, any athletic endeavor, um, there has to be some sort of, like, selfishness to it. Yes. You know, especially when you're competing. Yes. And, I mean, it's your health, dude. So, I mean, if somebody's you know, 200 pounds heavier than you, it's probably not a good idea to go with them. Or nope. if somebody is, like, you know they're going to, like, be super spastic, right. probably not a good idea. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I can I can almost even like some of the heavier white belts I can usually kind of like uh, disperse their weight because they're not very good at like right. you know keeping their hips underneath them or being heavier different things but dude they'll force some submissions that just aren't there oh yeah and it hurts you I had this oh, dude yeah. trying to do uh, an Ezekiel I think I think it was an Ezekiel <laughs> it's like a face crank <laughs> he's like smashing his fist in my fucking jaw though dude and I'm just like. I can't tap because if I tap right now, then he's going to think that this works. Yes. And I can't let him think that this works because it doesn't. And you don't want to be that guy like, oh, no, hold on. Put your hand here. Like, you don't want to be that dude during rolling. Like, <laughs> everybody hates that guy. So yeah. So kind of eat it. Yeah, know? dude. It's just like, fuck that. I just got to – my jaw just has to hurt for a second. And then, like, I get down. Like, I have this headache now because this asshole is just trying to, like, force this thing that yeah. isn't there. His arms are burned out because – he can't roll the next round either. Yeah, he yeah. set out the next round because yeah. he burned out his arms. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, like, man, yeah, I just – like, I've gotten to the point where for me to be com- competition ready, I train with majority black belts. Yeah. And, like, I won't go below blue if I'm getting ready for comp. Yeah. Like, I just won't. Yeah. So. It's better that way. Yeah. It's better that way. Um, Just there's just a different, like, understanding of how things should be. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's just like when you go with some people, they don't know anything. It's, they just do the most unnatural things. Absolutely. Which is kind of cool to, like, you want to be prepared for that because if you did ever have to use jujitsu in the streets, it's good to because people are unpredictable. Right. But at the same note, there's a lot of predictability like in the sport as far as you know positioning yes. and what you know what comes next. And, and what move the move the right way even. Yeah. It's like hey man, like no one in the right mind would ever move this way ever ever. Yeah. If you're like a blue belt and above. Right. So it's like. Yeah. yeah. So when you roll with those guys that don't have that understanding, it just creates this really weird situation. Yeah, and and, and like the other thing too is like. I don't want to injure myself and I don't want to injure them for like them, them making crazy movements. Yeah. You know, like I saw this one guy, he was in the lockdown. This was a couple of years back. He was in the lockdown and the other dude was doing like the electric terror sweep on him. Yeah. And the guy turned the wrong way, just like destroyed his whole knee. And mm. it was, it was his fault. Cause he moved, he like exploded into this movement and moved the exact wrong way. Yeah. And there is his whole knee and he never trained jujitsu again. Fuck, dude. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, I mean, like, I don't want to be that guy who like stops somebody's jujitsu career because I'm trying to advance move on somebody who has no clue what they're doing. Right. And I also don't want to get hurt, you know, with them moving crazy and right. blowing out my knee. So, yeah. so I like, got, and I, I tell, I tell my guys like, um, I've trained with, I train with black belts, black belts five days a week. Mm-hmm. Like I have not gotten hurt once, not right. one major injury. Yeah. Because we know how to take care of each other. That's so true. That is so true. Um, I was invited to go roll with, like, Rodrigo and Mike. It was just, like, all high-level guys. And it was because, like, they just didn't, like, it's like, all right, well, it's all going to be, like, you have to be, like, purple and above, and you have to be, like, over 30, I think is what they said. Because it's, like, some of those younger guys and those guys who just don't have the experience, man, you're just going to. And they don't hurt like we do afterwards, you know? Yeah. They they get up, and, like, the next day, like, let's do this again. I'm like, bro. I need a I need a day to recover from what I just did. Yeah. So. Yeah, man, I feel it the next day, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm 31. I'll be 32 in December, and um, I can remember a time just like never really 
believing like it would be harder to recover yeah it's, <laughs> but it's it true is, it, it really does like you feel it like it's yes. slower yeah everybody tells me like it gets worse when you get older and i'm like damn they're right yeah it, it, i mean i'm negating some of it but yeah there's still like little aches and pains on me that i have it's not fun damn dude yeah. so okay so what's next for you dude like so you're you're growing like how do you um like what's the question i want to ask as far as like what's next like you're growing your program, right. right? Like, so, like, what's like, what's with that? Just continue to grow it, like. Uh, yeah. So, like, where do you see things? Do you think you're going to continue to be at like the Hit Squad, or do you ever see yourself like opening your own location? That's kind of where I'm going with so, it. So, like, um, you know, I I've thought this through my head. I, like, uh, I wouldn't mind eventually opening my own location, but still teaching at the Hit Squad. Okay. So I would open up my location with you know a partner. They would be there the days that I would be at the Hit Squad because I still want to run the Hit Squad. I still want to like I wouldn't mind having two gyms. Yeah, two so, programs. Yeah. yeah, so like, because if I were to open up a gym, it'd be here in St. Louis. It wouldn't be in Illinois because I live here in St. Louis. Yeah, and so it'd be easier that way. Yeah, and so I would, but I owe it to those guys out there for being a part of my program. And yeah. So I'd I'd still go out there and teach, and then, you know, teach here. That that would be my eventual thing. But for right now, my goals are just building my brand. You know, like trying to get. A little more Instagram famous, and you, you're putting out amazing videos, Thank like you. really good instructionals. Yeah. I think how many followers do you have now? Like uh, almost 10, almost eleven thousand. Yeah, almost yeah. eleven thousand, right? Yeah. I mean, that's a good exposure yes. for like what you're doing, man. Yeah, they they just made me a content creator on there, so oh nice. Yeah, so uh, that's pretty cool. But um, yes, yeah, so, like build up my my brand, try to get more super fights. Yeah, you know, you get paid that way. So, right. Like uh, I might just do the IBJJF tournaments, like the bigger ones, and then try to focus on getting super fights. Do you see jujitsu becoming like the main thing as far? Because I mean, right now you're doing physical therapy, and like you had mentioned, to go back to get your doctorate in physical yeah. therapy, right? Yep. Like, do you can like see yourself still doing that, or do you ever see like jujitsu paying the bills? Um, you know, like uh, I'm a firm believer in pillars of income, mm -hmm. so I would never give up physical therapy. I also own real estate, so I would never give up that. Yeah, multiple streams yeah. of income, dude. Yep. So pillars of income. So yeah, like I, my main pillar right now is physical therapy. Um, I wouldn't mind it to where like I could back off a little bit of that and focus on other things, but that pays me the best. Yeah. So um, I mean, if I could get away with just working PT, you know, like you know, a couple hours a day, and yeah. then focus on the gym, that would be awesome. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I don't know what that. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. Who knows what's coming up, huh? Yeah, well, because, I mean, obviously, like, you are growing the brand. Yes. You know, very well. Yes, thank you. Um, I think the instructionals that you do are great. I appreciate that. Thank yeah, you very much. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think uh, instructionals are, are hard because, it's like, how do you think of so like, there's a million different things that you can show, right? I mean, it's like, how do you choose, yeah. like, how simple to keep it or how complex to keep it? You know what I mean? Because yeah. you could take a series and probably break that down in, like, five or six different lessons. Yes. But it's like, do you do that? or I feel like know? I feel like the videos that get – there's, like, two two types of videos that get the most views. The crazy, flashy stuff that goes real fast and, like, what did I just watch? Yeah. And they're like, wow, that's so awesome. And then, like, the very in-depth – detailed instruction like the two ones that that get the most views and so um like the in-between ones like hey here's how you do an arm bar blah 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 and then it's like two minutes or like a minute long and then it's done yeah those don't really get a whole lot so i i mean for me i just i i make a planner for my usually what i teach at the gym yeah and so i make a plan on what i'm going to teach and then i kind of piggyback off of that and put it on the videos okay so okay that's, that's how i kind of do so that. you you schedule or you set up um, like 
uh, like your lessons for the week yeah. or how do you structure so, your, your So teaching? I do like, um, I like to do it in positionally. So like this month we're going to work on guard, okay. not just close guard, but like guard, half guard, butterfly guard, spider guard, whatever. And I'll teach like a top and bottom every day. Okay. So like, Hey, here's how you sweep or submit from this guard. Here's how you pass it. So that way when they go into sparring, they have both. Right. And then they can immediately start using yep. it. So that's what I do. And then I build, I do it like a month or two at a time. I figure out what I'm going to do. Okay. So if, so for, if it's, if it's like a month of guard, mm-hmm. so you'll, you'll show like a different guard every day. Um, I'll usually do like a week. So like, like a week of the yeah. same guard. Yep. So like four guards mm-hmm. within the month. Is yep. what they're so they, use. they can see it multiple times. Okay. So it's the same guard for the full week. Mm-hmm. And then I, I make the variation like, so close guard, here's how you do a pendulum sweep. And then I'll do the same exact thing in nogi, but I'll show them variations for nogi specific. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I do. So do you do a lot of drilling or do you, do you prefer more like, I mean, people kind of have their preferences, but um, I mean, I'm the, the more like I've gotten, um, I don't know the more, but I guess like the more experienced I've gotten, like the more I value drilling. drilling? Yeah. Yep. Um, so like for me, me personally, I can drill a move like about five times. And I'm like, all right, cool. I like it or I don't. I'll yeah. put that in my repertoire or I won't. Yeah. So that's how that's how I am. I don't have to drill a whole lot. I prefer trying to trying it live. Yeah. Um, but for my students, since they're all pretty new, I always start off with the same thing. Shrimps, forward rolls, hip escapes, you know, things like that. Yeah. Because that's that is the foundation of jujitsu. One hundred percent. And then I'll do like I feel like in the jujitsu community we don't do a lot of takedowns. And so right. I have them drill five minutes of takedowns every class. Yeah. Whatever takedown you want, we'll do four fit-ins and a throw, four fit-ins and throw and switch. Okay. And so we'll do that. And then I'll do a drill specific to that um, lesson. So like if I'm doing uh, like I'm doing armbar escapes right now. So I'm like, all right, we're going to get to the armbar, get on top, you're going to swing for the armbar, and then you're going to go back. And that's our drill to warm up the hips. Yeah. Swing for the armbar, and then I'll teach the instruction on how to defend the armbar. Yeah, that's a good move. Yeah. Try to incorporate like a warm up that's going to play into yep. the technique. Yep. So that's what I do. And then um, we spar. Nice. So, yeah. That's a good structure. Yeah. Yeah. Sparring at the end is where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I, I like to, cause I like to teach them, you know, all the stuff that they need to know. And I have, I have like, I always have somebody new in there every class. And I'm like, all right, man, so here are the rules of, of sparring mm-hmm. if you want to try it. If you don't, cool, you can sit and watch. So you keep it optional? Yeah. Yeah, because I don't want to feel like they're forced to do it. Yeah. And I don't want them to get hurt because I've been in the game long enough. Like, if you're, the guys get hurt, yeah. especially brand new people. Oh, yeah. So I'll tell them, like, all right, look, if you're on top, stay on top. I'll, first off, I say, I know you don't know anything about jujitsu. You know absolutely nothing, which is okay, but I'll give you these rules. If you're on top, stay on top. If you're on bottom, get to top. Those are your two rules. That's fair. Yeah, it, that's it, it. it gives them like a clear objective. Yep. You know what I mean? It's very simple because I mean you don't know what the fuck's going on. You have no on, clue dude. what the hell you're doing. And, and I say like, and try the moves you learn in class if you can. Yeah. And if it if it hurts, tap. Yeah. So like, but if you're on like the main ones, if you're on top, stay on top. No matter what, you hold them down, you stay on top. And if you're on bottom, get to top. No matter what. Yeah. I mean, you can't make it any more simple yeah. than that, dude. That's that's bottom line. That's yeah. All I have to do. do you find that um, with like with sport jujitsu growing, um, it mean it, it's reaching a, a larger audience. So do you find those guys who just like, like they kind of found out about jujitsu, so they just like come in, they never have any intention to compete, they just want to just like just do it for a workout. Like, do you ever, do you treat those guys a little bit different as far as like, um, I don't know, like how you handle them, or you know what I'm saying? I don't know if I worded that the best. No, no, I, I know what you're like, saying. How do you handle those guys? Um, so like, they are ninety percent of the jujitsu world. So those guys who come in and don't want to compete. 
Yeah. Those are the guys who pay your bills. Right. So if in a perfect world, if I had my own gym, like it was my own gym, I would have a separate competition class yeah. for guys who want to compete. And I would run it concurrently. So that way my time's not to be all jacked up. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be in the competition class, come on over. We're going to do comp stuff. Yeah. If you want to just learn jujitsu and have a good time recreationally, here's what you yeah, do. Yeah, because it's a different intensity. And those recreational guys sometimes aren't as serious. They are not. You know what I mean? It's they like, ah, oh, man, maybe they'll be in, maybe they won't be in. Yep. Or... So right, right now I'm lucky. Most of my people like to compete. Yeah. Like, where I'm at at the high school, they want to compete. I don't know if that's a attitude that I've, you know, harbored or if it's yeah. just how they are. Yeah. But they want to compete. I don't have a whole lot of recreational people. Yeah. So I'm, I'm lucky in that aspect where I can like, all right, I'm rolling tonight and I roll with them and yeah. we, we go at it. Yeah. So. And some guys, I mean, some guys will, they'll train <laughs> at like a competition intensity with never the intention to compete just because they just yeah. love jujitsu. I don't like that though. <laughs> but, <laughs> like if you're going to like, like, okay, I like it if you're going to, do it with other guys who want to compete. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, not necessarily like on people, but like you know, like they just they go balls deep just like anybody else, yes. right? They just want to be just as good as like that competition guy, but they don't ever really intend to compete. like compete. Yeah, yeah, like I'll, I'll tell those guys, hey, you can only go with my comp dudes. Yeah, because I don't want you hurting my recreational guys. Yeah, because there's there's definitely I I feel like those probably aren't like as many as others, probably like the outliers. Yeah, yeah, but they're, yeah, they, they're that's there. An, that's an unusual group though like that's yeah. a pretty like you said it's a small group i'm kind of falling into that group to Are be you? honest with you because like i competed for so long yeah, and i don't know if it's just like maybe just like this time period that i'm in like i'm just kind of not in love with competing at the moment or or you're transitioning to coaching it's that's I kind of been a part of it too yeah. like I, I really enjoy coaching and yeah. teaching and like i still train hard and i still don't mind like compete like training at that competition level sometimes but it's like it doesn't like get me up in the morning to go compete right Right. Yeah. So I kind of think of myself when I was talking about that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've had that talk with myself several times. Like, do I want to get up and cut weight? Do I want to go run? Do yeah. I go, like, do I really want to do that? And I mean, I'm I'm always a competitor. I love to compete. Yeah. But I'm in the same boat. Sometimes I'm like, man, that's why I haven't competed since March. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh, do I really want to? Yeah. I'm I'm and I'm really focusing on like the coaching phase. So yeah, I feel you. Coaching is definitely um, it's definitely something else. It's very yes. uh, rewarding. It in is its own way for sure. Yeah, especially if you can get a guy, you're like, man, this dude's a beast. Yeah. I can really make him something special. You're working with Jordan Dowdy. He's yeah. probably one of those guys. Like he's he's, he's a he's fun a guy to work with. Yeah, for sure. and he's, he's a good student. Yeah, he, yeah. Th- he that's what I was gonna say. He's a he's a student of the art. Like yeah. he will he takes directions, he listens, and he implements. Like yeah, that he's. He's perfect. You know example. he's doing all the right things when he's he when he's like by himself. Yes, which is good. Yeah, he's a he's a beast. Yeah, yeah. Well, dude, um, it's That's cool. Yeah, it's eleven oh seven. Yeah, this is a great timing. So, dude, thank you so much Absolutely, for doing brother. this, dude. I, I appreciate you having um, me, man. I'm gonna turn the floor over to you. Um, tell folks like how they can get a hold of you. Check you out on okay. social if they want to come train with you. Perfect. The floor is yours, dude. All right. So, um, I'm at the Hit Squad in Granite City. Um, Hit Squad, Granite City. Uh, it's just across the river. People think like Illinois, oh my God, you know, St. Louis people. Yeah. It's like 10 minutes from downtown. Dude, it's nice. It's, yeah, it's, it's it, not far. Dude, yeah, it's like, I, it's off of I-3, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. it's not bad. It's, yeah. it's like a, literally a 10-minute drive from yeah. downtown. So I'm there Tuesday, Thursday, Saturdays. Um, Tuesday, Thursday, 5.30 to 7, Saturday, 11 to 12. And then um, follow me on Instagram at Nick Sanders BJJ. And then friend request me on uh, Facebook at Nick Sanders. Yeah, and I'll put all this on the, on awesome, the uh, show notes too. So. Awesome. All right, brother. Uh, thank you appreciate very much, it. man. I appreciate it too. All right, guys. Till next time.
All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I know I did. Um, If you are getting value out of the podcast, please do me a favor, leave a rating, leave a review, go tell a friend. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a five-star rating and review. And uh, yeah, oh, also, you know, this episode and every episode is brought to you by Imposed Will. Go to imposedwill.com. Get signed up for the mailing list so you can stay up to date on everything that's happening. But also, you know, check out our full apparel line and uh, and help us, you know, further the mission. We can all have the ability to impose our will in life. We all have the ability to strengthen our mind and to become stronger individuals. And, you know, at Imposed Will, we are on a mission to grow this, you know, this community of people who are, you know, are are taking the steps to be the best selves that they can be. You know, we are helping others impose their will on life because we all have the capability of doing that so go to imposedwill.com check us out and uh you know we will see you guys next time all right everybody i love you and uh i'll see you later